So we're going to use Psalm 23 to attempt to do a bit of a reflection on how 2020 has gone and look into 2021. Think ahead. But what we want to do is we want to do more than simply, geez, that was a terrible year, hope next year is better. And I've got to say, that is what you can do as you get towards the end of a tricky year. You can just say, oh, good to see the end of that. People are putting their Christmas decorations up extra early this year because they're just trying to get rid of this year and get into next year. And I think we do that because we think, well, maybe next year will be better. But have you got any kind of guarantee that it won't be worse? So the whole concept of like, let's see the tail end of this and let's get into next year is a funny one. Let's have a deeper reflection about next year and what we can think about and the one that we've just come through. I want you to try to write and think and draw and I'm going to give you space to do that throughout this message. I'm going to pause and stop talking at certain moments so you can think and not just listen to me speak. Um, It might even be that tonight just kind of starts the process of you reflecting about how you've been going this year. Like what has happened for you this year? Who have you become this year? And who are you planning on becoming next year? Like that's the kind of deeper reflection I want to lead you into. But I'm hoping that maybe this will just start the process and you'll go home and you'll continue it. Psalm 23. It's a cracker. It's a famous psalm. And it's famous because it's the kind of psalm that's nice to read and nice to have read to you. When you're on your deathbed, someone's going to come and read this to you. When you're getting married or good things are happening, someone's going to read this to you. It's the kind of psalm that will come for you. And even if you haven't been near church or read the Bible much, chances are you've heard parts of this psalm before. It's a song. And one of the most beautiful things about it is it is very comforting. It's very comforting. Look at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. So that's a comforting concept, isn't it? Just right up front. This God who exists, um, David, the writer of this psalm, said he's my shepherd. That's a really comforting, securing concept to consider about God, that he's a shepherd. And he's not just a shepherd, he's your shepherd. But it comes with a bit of a sting to it. It comes with a bit of a sting. Oh, I'm just getting a wave that we haven't read the Bible yet. Okay. Someone's going to stop me. Can someone read this passage? We haven't had it read yet. So someone want to read from verse 1. It's beautiful. What a beautiful psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. But right off the bat, let's think together. If the Lord is your shepherd, what does that make you? Makes you, that's right. It makes, if the Lord is the shepherd, and this is figuratively speaking, That implies that you are the sheep, that I am the sheep, that we are sheep. Now, we're going to start there, all right, because I think that's pretty huge. Some of you are going to feel insulted by this, but I'm just, I don't know what I can do about that. I'm just going to need to let that happen, all right? Let's let's let the concept of us being sheep sink in a little bit. Let that bounce around your mind and your heart. King David, who wrote this psalm, actually used to be a shepherd himself when he was younger. And then he became the king of Israel and was called the shepherd of Israel. Right? That was his title, uh, one, of, yeah, one of the ways of referring to him. And yet he himself, as the shepherd of Israel, considers himself a shepherd with a shepherd. Yep. So the king of the most powerful nation is humble enough to say, 
though I am the shepherd of this country, I actually need a shepherd myself and I'm comforted by the fact that I have one. There's humility built into this whole psalm by the one who sings it when he speaks about the Lord as his shepherd. Jesus in the New Testament, John chapter 10, speaks about being a shepherd, doesn't he? You know that passage, John 10? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And what makes me the good shepherd is I'm the one that lays down my life for the good of the sheep. It's what an ultimate shepherd does. You put your life on the line for the protection and the safety of your sheep. So it's a comforting thing to have a shepherd, but we need to think about what does it mean for us to be sheep? Because it, it is comforting and firming until you feel the discomfort of acknowledging that you are a sheep. I mean, of all the animals, of all the animals God could have chosen to figuratively use to speak about us as his people, he chooses sheep. He doesn't say, you, you are a lion. That would have been nice, wouldn't it? Or you like a bunch of bears. Or you bald eagles. Or you like a shark. You know, these are all the kind of animals that countries use as emblems to represent their might, you know. God goes, my people, you're sheep. That's who you are. You're my sheep. It's not flattering at all. If you go to Isaiah 51, there's that classic passage about one of the key characteristics of sheep where he says, we all like sheep have gone astray. So that's the deal with sheep. Sheep go astray. That's what they're good at doing. They, each of them turn to their own way. They, sheep wander from their shepherd. That's what they're good at doing. So before you get excited about a sheep, let's have a think about the main characteristics of sheep. Have you ever seen a sheep trained to do tricks? Sit, roll over, come, fetch. Have you ever heard of a sheep trainer? You'll never see sheep in circuses, I don't think. They're a bit thick-headed. They're dopey. They're dumb. Now, I wrote dopey on that sheep because I thought about writing dumb sheep and I thought, no, that's going to be way too hard to swallow. Dopey. Have you ever seen a sheep think for itself and decide it's going to head off um, after a good thing with a purpose and go towards that thing? Sheep go around in groups. They basically follow where everyone else is going. Even if they're charging off the end of a cliff, sheep will all just keep running. They're kind of clueless. When sheep are left without a shepherd, without direction and protection, and they're left on their own, they don't move towards better ground once they finish grazing in one place. They just stay stuck. They don't know where to go. They can't find safe pasture. They can't find water on their own. They just get stuck and don't do anything. Sheep are unable to take care of themselves to survive. Sheep will be the first to die when their protection is taken away. Sheep are defenceless. Um, they can run, but they don't know where to run to safety. They don't have claws to fight back. They won't bite to protect themselves. They're defenceless. They're constantly nervous. If a rabbit jumps near them, they all bolt. They're easily frightened. Friends, 
That's kind of what sheep are like. Now, maybe some of you guys have spent more time on a farm than I have and you might have some nuancing of that, but I, I think that's basically what sheep are like. Maybe you could sum it up by saying this. Sheep are kind of clueless, defenceless, scared, pretty vulnerable and wayward. So how are you feeling about being a sheep? I think that's really hard to swallow. But until you can swallow that, you won't ever find comfort really in God being a shepherd. Will you? You, you can hear this. You can hear God say, you, you, you're, like, you're a sheep and you've got a choice here. You, you've got a choice, haven't you? you? You don't have to agree with this. You can say, yeah, mm, no, nah, not really. I can see that in others, absolutely. Oh, look, I can see it in this person and that person. And let me tell you, you know, of this. It, but not really me. You might, you might just kind of want to almost disagree with God on this one. And that's, that's your choice. You can do that. Or, and this is obviously what I want to encourage you to do, you can just work hard enough to have the courage to be humble enough to acknowledge some truth here and be able to say something like this, yes, I can see ways in which I'm just like sheep. Can you? As you think back over 2020, there was a lot that was beyond your control. There was a lot that just came for you. There's a lot to whinge about. But can you think about yourself, how you lived, how you behaved? Can you see ways in which you were wayward and disobedient? You heard it and you went, nah, I'm not doing it. Can you see ways in which you were actually really nervous and scared in 2020? And you just kind of ended up running where the mob ran. And it was to Woolies to get more toilet paper and stuff like that. And you would just, did you, can you see that in yourself? Can you see in yourself this year uh, that actually you're quite a dependent creature? You're not really the powerful, self-sufficient provider of your own things with security for yourself. Are you humble enough to see in yourself that you've been a bit thick-headed and a bit dopey and you've made some pretty poor choices and you've caused some damage? Damage to people around you and damage to you. Can you see how you're like a sheep? Can you humbly acknowledge your flaws and your mistakes and your fumbles? And I'm just going to give you a moment now and I'm going to get you to get your pen out and see if you're brave enough to actually be able to put your finger on some things where you've, you can see how you've been like a sheep this year. And I'm going to do it with you. Can you write down a few things that might have come to mind just in that moment? Don't copy off the person next to you. It's not going to do you any good. But just take a moment and see if you can scribble down in honesty some things about how you've been like a dopey sheep. You might want to continue that list when you're at home and you've got a bit more quiet and ask the Lord to reveal some things to you there. I can face the reality that I'm a dopey sheep when I understand the reality that I've got a devoted shepherd. 
It will help you humbly acknowledge what you really like. None of us are great at this. Some of us are better at this than others. I think actually as you grow as a Christian, we'll see a growth in humility and the ability to acknowledge, oh, wow, I'm, I'm so much worse than you ever thought. You know, I desperately need a saviour and a shepherd. I need guidance. Left to my own devices, I stray, I wander, I do dumb things and I'm so grateful for a shepherd. So let's, that, let's come back to Psalm 23 with me. There's stacks of stuff in here about what kind of a shepherd God is. Look at the verse. Look at the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now that's pretty huge, isn't it? To be able to say, I lack nothing. That's to, that's to kind of say, I, I got everything I need. I, there's nothing more that I need. Like my shepherd is the one who provides for me and sustains me in ways that content, actually brings contentment like nothing else can. It's a huge statement, isn't it, really, to say I lack nothing. And if you go around in our world saying to everyone around you, look, I lack nothing, I'll look at you and say, what are you talking about? You haven't got that yet, you haven't got this yet, and you haven't done that yet. You certainly haven't achieved this. So what does it mean that you lack nothing? Well, it can't be that you've achieved everything, succeeded in everything and got everything. It's got to be something deeper, something bigger, something to do with having God as your shepherd. And, that, and that's what it is. Spiritually, you, you lack nothing. If you've got God as your shepherd, you've got God and you've got everything that you need. Now, the imagery here as it goes on talks about kind of what a sheep needs. If a sheep was to lack nothing, what would it have? Kind of simple, really. Look at it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Green pastures and waters is pretty much all a sheep needs and David uses that imagery to say, though we're like sheep, here's, what all, here's all a sheep needs. It just needs a green pasture, it needs to eat, and it just needs water. And, and just like a shepherd can provide that for sheep, our God is the one who provides everything we need. There's some beautiful imagery in here. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sheep typically don't lie down. I'm not sure if you've been on a farm. Have you ever seen sheep lying down? It's very, very rare apparently to see sheep lying down because they're always a little bit scared and not feeling very safe and they want to eat more food. So to, to, to lie down as a sheep is to be a completely full and, and feeling protected kind of sheep. And, and here's, here's the imagery that we're given, having God as our shepherd. He, he can actually give you the kind of security and contentment that enables you to lie down. In fact, it says there he makes us lie down. It's interesting, isn't it? A God who actually makes you lie down is a God who gives you everything you need and then he says, now stop and rest in what I've done for you and rest in what I've given you. And here's the thing, in Christ we have every spiritual blessing. It's in Christ that we have security and contentment. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, read the list of what comes for us in Christ. We're loved, we're redeemed, you're forgiven. You've actually got everything you need in such a way that your soul can be fed, that you can just go, oh, I'm just going to lie down in this one. I'm going to rest in the fact that I have a shepherd who's got me and he's looking after me in all of the ultimate ways. 
yeah, sure, I don't have this yet. And sure, I haven't done that yet. And yeah, the world's going to continually remind me of how I haven't got it yet and how I haven't arrived yet. But I've got a shepherd who refreshes my soul and lets me lie down. Soul rest. That's what we're talking about here. The deep security and protection of actually being in Christ. Having your connection with God sorted out and secure forever. It's beautiful. He refreshes my soul. Some of you might have he restores my soul. I think the concept in that is as I wander, he restores me and he keeps bringing me back. We've got a shepherd who keeps bringing you back. I don't know if you look into 2020 and you might notice ways you've wandered. Can you notice ways the shepherd's brought you back? Because that's what a good shepherd does. He just keeps bringing you back. And sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable as he brings you back. And we'll kind of get to that in a little bit. But a shepherd has got a staff with him. It says a rod and a staff. It's different discussions as to what they look like. and what. It, but a shepherd will typically slap a sheep or hook it by the neck and bring it back into line. That's a little bit of discomfort involved in that. That's a little bit of discipline involved. But it's for the good of the sheep. Yeah, It's because he wants the best for the sheep. And sometimes God will discipline those he loves and he'll bring us back into line because that's how he calls us back. And maybe he's called you back this year. Actually, no, he has for some of you. He's called you back to himself. He's called you back to his people. It's been through hardship, but it's because you've got a good shepherd and he knows where you need to be. And he can provide contentment for you like nothing else. You lack nothing. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. It's one of the things shepherds do. They, they guide their sheep. Our God is a God who says, not that way, this way, which is not always pleasant to hear. And it's often not what we want to hear, but he goes, no, this way. That's what guidance is. That's what direction is. And we've got a shepherd who guides us in the right way. Isn't that good to know? Because we live in a world where there's plenty of options and plenty of ideas about what the right way is. How do you figure out what the right way is? Well, the mantra is, whatever's right for you, whatever feels right to you, whatever makes sense to you, that's the right way. You go ahead and define your purpose that way. And God, the Lord, the one who made you, the one who loves you, goes, no, I'll tell you what the right way is. I'll guide you in it. I'll guide you in it. Will you let him be your shepherd and guide you in it? Because he'll direct you to safety. You're fragile. You're going to want to wander. You're a creature like that. But he's the one who guides us in right paths for his name's sake. We'll come back to that for his name's sake in a little bit. And here's the thing. The right path is not always the easy path. And having a shepherd that actually directs you and keeps you safe and loves you does not mean you're not going to go through really dark valleys. Look at verse 4. Having a shepherd doesn't mean this, but look, doesn't mean this won't happen. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and, they, and your staff, they comfort me. So having a shepherd, a good shepherd like God, who directs your paths, doesn't mean you won't walk through dark valleys. And sometimes the Christian gospel is offered in ways that's a false promise. You come to God and you've got a shepherd and you won't ever go through dark times. It'll always be good. 
But that's not the offer here. If you've got a shepherd, it doesn't mean you won't go through dark valleys. What it means is that as you go through those dark valleys, who's going to be with you? Your shepherd. I will fear no evil for, what does it say? For you are with me. And some of you can testify to that this year as you look back over 2020. You're like, yeah, I had some dark times. But your shepherd was with you. That's the comfort that he's with you in it. And if you've never really been through a really dark time, you might not really understand how God can actually come for you in those moments and be with you in those moments and love on you and protect you and comfort you in those moments. But for those of you who have and have welcomed your shepherd to walk with you and brought hardship to him, you, you, you know what this is about, yeah? You know the comfort of having your shepherd with you in a dark valley. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's his rod and his staff that actually comfort you. You read on in verse 5 and what does it say? It's almost like um, it, it almost like a Dave's, David seems to be confident in like a promise of like an abundant blessing here. He, he kind of moves now from sheep imagery and he kind of talks more human imagery and he says, God, you know, as my shepherd, you prepare a table before me. You lay it on thick. You, know how, you actually know how to provide in abundant ways and you do that in the presence of my enemies. Even those who don't want that for me, you're able to look after me. You anoint my head with oil. It's imagery in the Old Testament of just blessing and belonging. My cup overflows. It's just all rich, abundant blessing language. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. This is really at the heart of the promise that we can cling to, is that your good shepherd, he's going he's to follow you all the days of your life and his goodness and his love will be with you all the days of your life. Have you been able to acknowledge how God has done that this year? Can you think back over 2020? And can you see how your shepherd has, and I'll give you a list and I want you to reflect on this now because you need to acknowledge how you've been shepherded this year. Can you see how your shepherd has sustained you, protected you, provided for you, given you rest, restored your soul, guided your steps, brought you back time and time again and kept hold of you for himself. I'll give you a moment. I feel like the Lord's helped me breathe this year, which is an art in and of itself, isn't it? About to breathe. Just big, deep ones. I reckon the Lord your God has shepherded you through people this year, people who have loved on you and cared for you. That's, that's his love and care. Final section. You know where this is going, don't you? If we've got a good shepherd, you know, it's, it's one thing to know you've got a good shepherd. It's another thing altogether to actually kind of let him shepherd you. So my question to you is this, as we press on into thinking about 2021, don't just wish things go well. I mean, it's, it's normal to want them to go well. But if your hope is hanging off, just things being better than this year gone by, you're missing out on an opportunity here to actually think into how you can entrust yourself to your good shepherd this year. That's what you want to do, yeah? 
no matter what goes down, and we don't know what's ahead of us, but i tell you what, no matter what goes down, if you entrust yourself to your good shepherd and let him lead you, that's going to be good. That's going to be a good thing. So what do you think about that for 2021? What, what if you let your hope lie in that? Not in your circumstance getting sorted out, but in entrusting yourself to him. See the final part of verse 6? I'll read from the start of verse 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I love that. He's chasing you. He's chasing you with his goodness and his love, whether you know it or not. He's coming after you. But look at this. And I, this is like almost David saying, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to trust myself to my shepherd. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, does that mean, you need, what does that mean? Does that mean you actually got to come and be in the church building all day, every day, forever? I hope not, not until it's good air conditioning anyway. What does it mean to where David says confidently, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord? Well, the concept of dwelling in the house of the Lord is, is, is really equates to the concept of being in the presence of the Lord, staying close to the Lord. So you've got here in David a determination. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm confident that God's goodness and love are going to follow me, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay close to him. I'm going to stay close to the shepherd. And if you go to Jesus' language in John chapter 10 in the New Testament, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, what he says about his sheep, the ones who relate well to him, the ones who go well with him, is that they are the ones who, I've got three things for you here, they are the ones who know him, sheep who know their shepherd. Like intimately you know him. They are the ones who listen to his voice and they are the ones who actually follow him as he leads us out and calls us by name. So how do you relate to a good shepherd? Well, you, you, you press in, you stay close, you learn to know him, listen to him, follow him. And, and I kind of want to give you a little bit of a guarantee here. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. I can give it to you anyway. If 2021 goes down the creek again in many ways for you and even our ability to gather as church just keeps getting chucked out the window, you know what cannot be taken from you is what you've got with him. If you know him, if you listen to him, if you follow him, that cannot be removed from you. And I actually think looking back on 2020, many, many Christians I know with, with all our usual structures of church and that kind of getting chucked out the window, I think what got exposed in a lot of us is how dependent we are on many things, which are partly of God's grace to us to keep us close to him. But when all the structures and things are removed and you're left just with, well, what have I got with God? I mean, did you feel a little exposed? in your own personal relating to the shepherd? Could you just tuck back in and be with him, confident, secure, loving, knowing him, listening to him, following him? Or did you find yourself all over the shop? If you found yourself a bit all over the shop, super not alone. But let, let's, as you look down the barrel of 2021, just don't think everything's going to go well. I'll tell you what to give yourself to. Entrusting yourself to the shepherd, leaning into him right up against his leg staying close to him, knowing him better, listening to him. So what's your plan for that, if that's your plan?
what's your own time with the shepherd alone going to look like in 2020? What's your time among the sheep going to look like with your shepherd in 2021? And I'm just going to pause a minute and then I'll wrap up. So I'm just going to give you a moment now. You know, is there something there you know you need to press into, dig into for next year in regards to how you listen to and follow your shepherd? I wonder whether this might just be a bit of a working document for you that might help you as you thinking to wrapping up this year and pressing into next year. I want to finish with one final thought and it'll be very brief and then we're going to sing again. Um, look at verse 3. What's your, when you think about your motive for any of this, really, acknowledging you're a sheep, acknowledging he's a good shepherd, trying to stay close to him in 2021, why? Like why ultimately? It's good for you but is there a bigger reason? You actually get a bigger reason in verse 3, which is meant to blow your mind. Have a look at it. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. You entrusting yourself as a sheep to a good shepherd, listening to him, following him, ultimately is for his name's sake. So don't simply ask yourself the question, will this be good for me? Do I want to? Think, actually, I exist for his name's sake. He made me. He sustained me. I belong to him. And how I live will reflect well on him or poorly on him. And so I'm going to give myself to the kind of life that allows his name to ring out. Let me pray. God, we're, we're hard-hearted and we wander and we wobble and we're dim-witted. Oh, Lord, we desperately need you as a shepherd. We desperately need you, our God, to hold us and keep us and direct us and guide us for your name's sake. Lord, as we look down the barrel of 2021, we don't know what's ahead. But, Lord, we, we pray that you as our good shepherd would pour out your spirit in such a way that we as your sheep would press in and stay close and listen and follow for our sake but ultimately for your name's sake. Amen.